Can you picture someone in your mind when you hear that word, narcissist? Just about every extended family network has got at least one person that portrays some of those traits. They suck up all the energy in a room. All the conversation has to be turned around to their narrow self-preoccupation. Narcissists crave every little bit of attention and sympathy and are incapable of being attentive or showing empathy toward others. When a narcissist asks, how do you feel? They are actually saying, I'm not feeling good. Please listen to me. A light bulb joke. How many narcissists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Just one. They don't have to screw it. They just have to hold it while the world turns around them. We speak of God as triune because God is not some solitary, self-absorbed, self-loving being. Now hang with me now. I know preaching on the Trinity tends to make people's eyes glaze over and you wonder, what is this all about? Do we really have to visit this doctrine? What relevance does it have for me today? Uh, Christians are unique among the monotheists, among the Abrahamic religions, in that we affirm God as one in three persons. It's a core, underlying Christian distinctive, but there aren't any real proof texts to really back it up solidly. You've probably faced that if you've ever had a Jehovah Witness come to your door and you open up your Bible to try to prove the Trinity And it's quite elusive. There aren't any convincing scripture texts that you can take that clearly spell it out. On Trinity Sunday, we read texts that hint at the relationship, this diverse relationship within the Godhead. The Proverbs passage that Twyla read for us speaks of wisdom as a female character present at the work of creation, frolicking and delighting in the unfolding masterpiece of God the Creator's work, cheering it on. Who is this mysterious wisdom creature, person? We don't get a clear explanation. One of the great arguments for the Trinity stems from the principle that God is love. Love has to be expressed if it's genuine. Love has to be an outward focus, an outward movement, if it's truly love. So, who did God love during that infinite time before creation, in that dark and void time before the worlds were formed, if God is love? You can't be a loving person if you're on a solitary, deserted island not relating to any other creatures. You can't call yourself a loving grandparent if you never have any contact with grandkids. How can we affirm that God is love even prior to the first act of creation? Only if God is in communion, a holy trinity of mutual love. Now, when Paul wrote this letter to the Romans, he didn't have the doctrine of the Trinity all hammered out nice and neat and tidy. 
In fact, it wasn't until the Nicene Creed in 325 AD that the church leaders hammered out the doctrine of Trinity as we know it today. He is less concerned about the essence of God and more interested in how God acts on behalf of humanity. And our Romans passage speaks of a mysterious partnership between God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the ongoing presence and work of the Spirit outpoured among us. We have peace with God. This peace, as well as access to grace, has come through Jesus Christ the Son. Now, some forms of Western theology suggest that God was angry and ready to destroy human beings and that Jesus' death on the cross somehow brought about a truce by appeasing an angry God and opening up the possibility for peace and reconciliation. However we construct our theology of salvation, we must avoid the error of painting God, the Father, as the wrathful, angry deity and Jesus as the nice guy who kind of comes on our behalf to deflect the anger of God and to somehow rule out or to eliminate that wrath. A true understanding of the Trinity, one God and three persons, doesn't make that kind of idea even possible. God so loved. So loved that God takes the initiative and comes in the form of Jesus Christ, human and divine, united into one person, bringing heaven and earth together so we can enter into God's peace. A peace that sustains, that keeps us even when all kinds of hardships and troubles come our way. Because we know we are God's beloved and share in the divine life. The Son gives us access to God's glory. Two chapters earlier, all those of you who went to Sunday school and did memory verses probably know Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now Jesus brings us back, restores that glory, sharing in God's peace, partaking in the life of God. And God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, a beautiful Trinitarian partnership. This same Spirit that mediated the love of God toward the Son and then radiated that love of the Son back to the Father now enfolds and drenches us in that circle of divine love. Clark Pinnock, one of Canada's finest Baptist theologians, commented, when the Holy Spirit falls on the community of God's people, the result is fellowship. Fellowship means sharing with one another, having respect for one another, and demonstrations of love and caring for one another. And so we end our services here at FBC with a Trinitarian blessing. You'll hear it from Becky this morning. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. This shared experience of the Spirit is what knits us together as a community, a community of the kingdom. Pinnock says, the Spirit reaches out to creatures, catches them up, and brings them home to the love of God. Stop just for a moment. Let your imagination play with this a little bit. Love flowing from the heart of God. 
being poured into your heart. Not just sprinkled, not just injected, but a river of love from God's heart pouring into your heart to overflowing as the Spirit fills you with God's love. That's transformational. The mark of a Spirit-filled church is not, not how emotionally we engage in worship. It's not whether we pray in tongues or see lots of signs and miracles and wonders. It's not even how neatly tidy up, tidied up our theology is. It's simple. The Beatles got it right. All you need is love. <laughs> the old campfire song we used to sing around the campfire in the 70s with arms interlocked, they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. Those words kind of haunt me today because I wonder how many people walking in our society today, walking past the church buildings where Christians meet, think of those places as those are the places where people who really love well gather on a weekly basis. We have a problem. The historical failures of the church have been failures of love. Whether it be religious wars, denominational divisions, the church's allegiance with colonial powers, endorsement of systemic racism, our treatment of indigenous peoples, and our condemnation of LGBTQ plus people, We need a new Pentecost. Come, fill our hearts with your love. It's this love that empowers us for mission, overflowing from our hearts into a love-starved world. Last month, I had the opportunity to walk once again the Camino de Santiago in Spain, an ancient Christian pilgrimage route, I led a group of eight pilgrims, and as an introvert, spending day and night with eight other people is a little bit of a stretch. And so I often found that even though there are other, many, many other pilgrims along the way, many of them are religious, many are not religious, maybe most of them are seeking, I found that I would often not, I would avoid conversation because I had my fill with all the eight people already I was hurting along the way on the, on the pilgrimage. But one day, as I was walking alone, I felt nudged to walk up to this fellow who was ahead of me and to start a conversation. I began by greeting him. I commented about the tattoos on his right leg. And then in the conversation, he asked me, so why are you walking the Camino? And I told him about the fact that I was leading a group and teaching a course on the Christian practice, the spiritual practice of pilgrimage. Well, that got his attention. So he began to ask me about spirituality. What does spirituality mean to you? And so I dug back into my Christian spirituality class that I've taught before, and I thought, I'll share with him about Henry Nouwen. So I told about the priest Henry Nouwen, who said the very first movement in the spiritual life is a movement from loneliness to solitude. Loneliness is that deep ache, that emptiness inside that tries to fill the void with other people, with exciting activities, with nice things, but it never fills the void. And solitude is that sense of peace that comes from knowing we are God's beloved, that our identity 
and person are deeply grounded in the love of God. Wow, he said. And then I went went on and said, and even Jesus needed to know that he was God's beloved. At his baptism, the Spirit of God came upon him and the voice said, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Before he could go out to the wilderness and face temptations, before he faced the crowds and all the demands upon his time, even Jesus needed to know that. He said, wow, he said, I'm so estranged from my father and my mother, my stepfather and my mother. My biological father died recently. We did not have a relationship. When did you make that movement from loneliness to solitude? And I shared a little bit of my story. And then we quietly walked together. Now, because he was younger than me, he walked faster than me. I suggested several times that we might stop for a drink or a bite to eat. He just wanted to keep on going. I didn't want to miss the opportunity, so I just kept chugging along with him. And after about 30 to 45 minutes, he said, what have you been thinking about as we've been walking in silence? And I said, well, I've been praising God for the beauty of creation, but I've also been praying for you. Because during that time I was praying, God, Show your love to Simone, this Italian man. Open up your heart to him. Help him know that you are here and you are real. And so when I told him I was praying for him, he said, well, that explains it. I've just had an ecstatic experience. I didn't know he even had that in his vocabulary because his Italian was, his English was rather limited. An ecstatic experience. It was kind of a replay of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch on the chariot, me trying to catch up with the chariot, this rapidly moving Italian man. I was exhausted and famished when I reached the town where my fellow pilgrims were going to meet me and spend the night. And Simone was going to go on to the next village, to the farm, where he wanted to spend the night at a hostel at a farm. And so we hugged and said goodbye And he said to me, today I had my Camino within the Camino, my pilgrimage within the pilgrimage. There's a mystery at work. God's love poured into our hearts through the spirit that God gave us, and that love is beamed out somehow to those around us by that same Spirit. The real gift of this Trinity Sunday is the invitation to acknowledge the mystery in which the Trinity lives and to open ourselves up to that love that is the nature and essence of the Trinity, the love that imbues and defines every action and aspect of our lives. How long has it been since you took time to simply be still, empty yourself, and seek the pouring out of God's love into your heart? Why not now? Let's just take 20 to 30 seconds and pray this breath prayer that you might take with you for the rest of the day or the week. Holy Spirit, pour your love into my heart. Holy Spirit, pour your love 
into my heart. And pick up this yellow prayer that you have received on the way in today and perhaps hold it in one hand and make a little cup or some kind of receptacle with your other hand if you're comfortable as we pray this prayer together. Let's pray. Like a cup, like a chalice, like a basin, like a bowl, when the Spirit comes, let it find our heart like this shaped like something that knows how to receive what is given, that knows how to hold what comes to fill, that knows how to gather itself around what arrives as unbidden, unsought, unmeasured love. Amen.